0: Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. Everyone, this is Millie and I am here and I want to welcome all of you all all all-star teachers for joining me today as we dive into today's topic, which will be about virtually assessing your English language learners. Before we do that, as always, I want you all to take a moment to reflect on any wins that you had this week. Like for me, a win was wrapping up the school year, a successful school year despite everything, and finally just taking this upcoming week just to relax and enjoy my friends and my family. Now, I want to highlight a teacher win that is in our Facebook group, My Adventures in ESL. If you're not in our community, I want to encourage you to go join. But her name is Kev, and she recently received her um, access scores back, which I know a lot of teachers are doing that right now. And her newcomers moved up one or more levels. I mean, that is amazing growth. And on top of that, she had one 100% show up to her Google meeting. So I want to shout out to Kev. Congratulations. That's always a good feeling when your students grow in some area. Sometimes you may not see it on the access. You may see it on other types of assessments, but I think that is such a great way, a great way in for this week as we are talking about virtual, uh, virtually assessing your students for her to share that amazing win about her essay score. So thank you so much for sharing that. If you have a win, always drop them in the comments. You can share them in our community. We want to celebrate that with you. Before we dive in, I want everybody to say hello. I want to welcome you all again for being here. I, once again, am really excited to dive into today's episode. No, it's Memorial Day, and some people may catch this on the replay if you're listening on a podcast. Shout out to all of you all. Hello. Uh, but I, once again, before we dive into today's topic, I want to explain the difference between a formative assessment and a summative assessment. I wanna do this, we may have new teachers who are listening or teachers that are coming into this field. And I remember when I first start teaching and I went to a PLC meeting. And a PLC meeting, once again, I don't wanna talk in a lot of acronyms, is a professional learning community. So it's a meeting where all teachers get together, they collaborate, they help plan, all of that good stuff. So I remember being in one of these meetings And everyone was talking and I felt like everyone was speaking a completely different language. So I want to make sure this is completely relatable, that you understand what I'm speaking about and I'm not talking over anyone's head. (laughs) So I'm going to before we dive in today, I want to explain the difference between a formative assessment and a summative assessment. And so a formative assessment, I like to kind of consider it sometimes like a part of your daily instruction. It can be teacher observations, it can be quizzes, it can be classwork, it can be an exit ticket. An exit ticket is a quick little quiz that you give your students right before you end the lesson to kind of understand where they are. I also use student blank stares as a form of a formative assessment. So that is like teacher observation. So if you're teaching and then your students look at you like what in the world are you talking about? That can be considered a formative assessment. Now I like to think of a summative, think of the word sum. (laughs) A summative assessment is typically at the end of a unit, at the end of the year. It can be like high stakes assessments like we have what we call here, of um, 10 ready. So those are summative assessments. So usually they at the end of the unit, end of the year. And in this case, the WEEDA access, for example, is a summative assessment, right? And it's to determine what the students learned and, in, in air quotes, did not learn throughout the unit or the year. The great thing about both of them, a good thing, a positive thing is is that they give you data on how to guide your instruction as an ESL teacher. Now, there are some similarities in both, such as both are used to access and, like I said, guide your planning. Now, a part of teaching for anybody is assessing the students to see where they are with their learning. This, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, I had a really hard time doing this when I first started teaching. You know, I just want to teach, 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 teach. I got to do this. I got to do this. And I had a really difficult time stopping and assessing my students and determining where they are so that can guide my planning. Now, this can be doing this, even talking about all of this can be a really big challenge since most of us had to switch to remote learning virtually overnight. So some of us, like myself, who use those on-the-spot assessments, such as those student blank stares, to activate our teacher radar, right? And as the teacher radar is going off like, oh, I don't know, maybe my students are not really understanding what I'm saying right here. So since we are virtual learning, we unfortunately do not have some of those cues to guide us to go deeper in a topic or to move forward. Now, while I was doing distance learning like a few weeks ago, not too long ago, I was teaching and I was trying to access or assess rather where the students were with understanding the text. We were doing a close read and I was trying to figure out, okay, are they comprehending? Do I need to go back and reteach some vocabulary? And one of the strategies that I used to do this that I thought was a a pretty good strategy, was I was like, okay, I'm gonna call on you and I'm gonna want you to unmute to uh, answer the question. But some of the students were having difficulty, this is me air quotes again, unmuting themselves, right? So this kind of left me in limbo. Because I wasn't clear if the students were really understanding the assignment or not, I was struggling. I'm like, do they understand? And understand? And I kind of felt myself slipping back into that first teacher, uh, first year teacher mode, where I was operating under that assumption that they were understanding just fine, and that operating under that assumption can make it extremely difficult to adjust your instruction. And to to t- take a moment and say, okay, I see that you all are not understanding this topic. I see that you all are not understanding this reading. Let me take a step back and let me build some more background knowledge if that needs to be done. Let me go over some vocabulary. Let me offer some different scaffolding techniques to support you all. But since I couldn't, I didn't have that big visual cue of the blank looks, the one that I use. I was at a loss. So after my lesson ended, I knew I was like, it was in the front of my mind. I was thinking. I went ahead and gave my students a quiz on News ELA and my suspicions were confirmed, right? Most of them received a 50%. So once again, that's the thing about a formative assessment It's going to guide your instruction. It's going to tell you, just like it told me when most of my students got that 50% on that reading, I knew then that, okay, let me stop. There are some things that I need to do differently. That is when I knew I had to start incorporating some formative and some summative assessments in my remote learning, some type of way. I couldn't just rely anymore on the blank stares, those uh, visual cues that I rely on. I needed some more data. (laughs) And that formative and those summative assessments are going to allow me to have some more of that data. So like I said, when I saw those low scores, I knew I needed to immediately start searching for a solution. I then started brainstorming some ways that I can incorporate some virtual assessments in my remote learning. So one of the things that I thought back to was when I was in class, What were some things that the students like? And I know a lot of you all have heard of Kahoot and Quizlet, um, also quizzes. So I was like, you know what? I can incorporate those things in my live lessons. The students love playing those games. And I can use those games as formative assessment. Now, side note, one of the things that I'm thinking about next school year is how I am going to incorporate games. Because sometimes students... I don't wanna gamify everything because then sometimes they're just pushing, they're just in the rush, they're hurrying, trying to click through, and they're really not taking the time maybe to read the questions. And so they really think of it as a competition. So I'm thinking of ways now of how I can still do my formative assessments and my virt- uh, summative assessments without necessarily gamifying it, putting in some more options. Um, Just some of the things that I'm thinking about doing is one is of course, I'm gonna make sure that I use Flipgrid way more often. How that can look for me is that I post questions on Flipgrid, the students respond back to those questions. That's gonna immediately tell me right away if they're understanding the text. I'm also um, going to include like a portfolio and in that portfolio, it's gonna be a digital online portfolio. That's gonna help me also gather data with them as well without necessarily having to gamify. I'm still gonna use some of those tools, but I wanna make sure that I have a very balanced approach going into the next school year. Now, that is gonna let me know in real time how the students are doing. And I even decided to do something similar for those students who cannot attend the live lessons. So I have a group of students who were okay with attending the live lessons. And then I had another group of students who had access to a phone or some type of device later in the day, but they couldn't come to the live lessons. Now to cater to that group, a lot of the online games, like those quizzes, Quizlet, Kahoot, they have a self-paced options the students can play. So since some of those students didn't have access to a phone or computer right during the time of the lesson, I would create a self-paced Kahoot, a self-paced quizzes, blast that link out to them through Remind. Like I said, I know a lot of you all use talking points as well. And then I would say, hey, I need you all to read this text, take the quiz afterwards, and I would still get the data on the students. And then I had a third group of students, right? So we had this first group, like I said, they had access, they can log on. Then the second group, they had access, but they may not have could log on to the live classes. And then I had a third group of kids who had completely no access. They didn't have access to a phone, internet, unfortunately, anything. And so, like I mentioned, the, our district had had a wonderful idea where the students can go and pick up online packets. They can do online, um, not online, they can go to certain sites and they can pick up work packets or they um, can follow the lessons on the television. So we had like a public broadcast channel and the school district had lessons on TV that students can tune in and to watch. And so one of the things that, uh, to include those students, we did paper-based assessments such as quizzes, exit tickets, and graphic organizers included in those paper packets. Now, one of the things, not just me, but other teachers that I work with is such an amazing idea of what they did to cater to those students. The students will have those paper packets, and then they would maybe take a photo and they will send it to them via text message. And the teachers can then give them feedback that way as well. So those were, that was how I catered to those three groups that mostly made up my students were doing these virtual assessments. So I'm gonna break down how you can implement this in your classroom. Now, if you're doing live virtual lessons still, I wanna encourage you to implement some online quizzes such as Quizlets or Cahoots or Quizzes. That gives you immediate feedback in the middle of the lesson. Also, as I'm thinking, one of my favorite things uh, to online tools is called Edpuzzle. And so with Edpuzzle, what you can do is you can be reading a text, you can stop, ask comprehension questions. The students can't move forward, like they'll try to skip forward. And then that'll give you an idea as well as, how well the students are doing. And once again, it's called Edpuzzle. I simply love it, I'll make sure to link that as well. Now, I also want to encourage you to to use speaking. This is a great time to use a lot of speaking apps. I know a lot of people use VoiceThread and Flipgrid as a formative and as a summative assessment. So you can use that, you can post uh, questions the students can answer back and that way that gives you immediate feedback on how those students are doing. If you want to, you also have those students who cannot attend live, but they may have access to a computer or technology later in the day. If that's the case, I want to encourage you to implement the self-paced option. Now, this allows them to complete the assessment and still give you that uh, needed feedback. They can do it in their own pace on their own time. And then, like I said, there's still maybe students, unfortunately, you have those two groups and you still have those students who just unfortunately just do not have access to the internet. And to help fight this, to combat this, I would suggest that you do include paper assessments for those students. This can be paper quizzes, exit tickets, graphic organizer. The student then, if they have even just a cell phone, then the student can take a photo and send it to you via remind or talking points. One of the things that I was going to do, but I didn't have time to do it, but hopefully everybody has a device for this upcoming school year, was that I was actually during uh, some of my work hours since we were virtual learning, calling some of the students and actually going over their exit tickets and their formative assessments. That'll also give me some immediate feedback as well. So here are a couple of things that I wanna do to give you all some next steps on how you can move forward. I want you to just first decide on if you're planning for the upcoming school year like me, I'm already thinking about the upcoming school year. I put in a link to some free professional development for Microsoft. Even if you're not using Microsoft Teams, you can still go to this free PD and think about how you can include these formative and summative assessments. Some of this stuff is free that you can use. So I said that to say, decide on how you're going to integrate these formative and these summative assessments into your remote learning. So for example, with Microsoft, they have some things like this, like a a dictate tool, that you can just, the students can talk into the microphone and it dictates out, it can dictate in any language. So I one of the reasons I'm saying this is because I want to use that tool as an assessment in my remote learning because this upcoming school year, I am going to be teaching a newcomer class. So I am really trying to brainstorm, right? Like how can I assess my newcomers? How am I going to support them? And one of the reasons and one of the ways that I am going to be doing that is through that Dictate tool through Microsoft. I'm gonna have them speak if they need to speak in their native language, have it and then have them maybe possibly translate, however I need to do it. But those are some of the tools that I am going to be using. I also want to encourage you to pick the tools that you're going to use to assess the students who have access to technology. I encourage you to only use one to two tools because you don't want to get overwhelmed. You don't want them to be overwhelmed. And if you have students who do not have the internet, then pick an alternative for those students who do not have access to the internet, who do not have access to any technology whether you're gonna send out a paper quiz, whether you are going to you know, take a few minutes of the day and call them and have them read their results over the phone and give them some feedback. However, if you wanna text them, however you want to do that, but pick an alternative for that group of students. Now, I want to, like I said, encourage you all to go to some professional developments. There are tons out there. So I put one in the links that you all can go to. Be thinking about how you can um, assess Your students who are in those three categories, who have complete access to technology, the students who have it, but at different points during the day, and those students who unfortunately do not have access. Be thinking about these things. So the more prepared you are, the more confident you're going to be, and it's going to make preparing for the upcoming school year so much easier. So I'm already thinking about these things. So I would love to know how you are currently assessing your ELLs while you are remote learning. And I also want to send a shout out to Missy. She shared another win. She says she has exited more students this year than ever. Missy, That is a huge win, congratulations. Missy, I don't know if you're in elementary or middle school, but that is such a huge win. So for everyone out there, your students are seeing growth, you're exiting your students, you all are amazing. And so thank you all for all the work that you are doing. If you get your access scores back, your read access scores back, I wanna note, and it's not where you want it to be. I wanna encourage you to look for the wins in your WIDA Access scores. I was sharing with someone, break down each domain. I promise you, if you break down each domain, there are gonna be some wins in there that you are going to find. So I want to encourage you, if you're getting back your language proficiency test and you are like, oh, my students are not where they wanna be, look for the growth, break down those domains, compare those literacy scores, compare those speaking, listening, reading, and writing scores. You are going to find some wins. So once again, I want to thank everybody here for showing up and being supportive. I hope you all have a happy Memorial Day. And once again, I am Millie and I'm happy to be here with you all. You all have a fantastic week. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com, for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, i appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learning. See you soon.